Hello, folks, and welcome to another edition of Now and Then with Glenn. My name is Glenn Williams. I'm the general manager here at Boston Neighborhood Network. And you know, while we were sitting around uh, the news roundtable talking about different things, we came up with this concept called Counselor's Corner. And what we decided to do was to invite all of the city councilors to come in and talk about some of the great things about being a Bostonian, what goes into being... Uh, um, happy with the community and neighborhood that you live in. And it's my great pleasure and honor to have in the studio with me today, Councillor uh, Tanya Fernandez-Anderson. How are you, Councillor? I'm wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you very much for coming in. I really do appreciate it. You know, we see these, the news these days just from the 4th of July, all of this devastation, all of these troubling times that we seem to be going through and working on handling as best we can, obviously. Um, but um, we decided to talk about some of the great things about being a Bostonian. What's, what's cool about being in Boston? You've got a great district, District 7, I believe, right, which is Roxbury, part of Dorchester, and the South End, I believe. That's right. Yeah. So um, tell me about some of the things that are happening uh, in, in that district around your neighborhoods. Well, first of all, Glenn, thank you so much for having me. Um, exciting times. When I was running initially, I immediately told everyone, what an opportunity. Look at this severely segregated, um, ongoing gentrified, gentrified uh, district that presents an opportunity, right? When you have conflict, there's opportunity for growth and development, and how do we do that so that we can um, preserve our culture, our identity, and space, so that we can um, hopefully uh, integrate with city government, but also integrate with each other yeah. um, and look at ways that we can build on each other's strengths. Um, when you look at South End and the difference coming down from South End to Lower Roxbury to Roxbury, stark difference. And um, my focus has been to not only build um, an app that consolidates community so that if you're District 7 member, you, uh, in this app, not, you can hold me accountable, keep up to date with the counselor's um, ongoing happenings, but you can also request to add an event on the calendar. Oh, really? Um, we could give you updates for construction, um, bringing BPDA, hopefully partnering with BPDA, and bringing those updates, but um, as well as, of course, following up with 311 inquiries. Yes. Um, I believe that you know a, night, a healthy transfer of power, uh, if and when I move on, um, God willing I get reelected this year again, oh. um, then I would be able to transfer that to the next counselor and say, here are your constituents, here are the issues in one app, mm. um, the, a website coming up. We've been working with Northeastern University on an anti-displacement project that really has taken survey of community artists and uh, entrepreneurs. How do we revitalize our business corridors, our squares? How do we create this economic mobility? How do we um, actually activate but develop some of these parcels? Roxbury has the largest amount of parcels. Um, after the mayor's, the city did the inventory. Really? That's right, over 400. Wow. Between mayor's office of housing, previously D&D, and BPDA for over 400 parcels. Wow, I didn't realize that. How do we look at these parcels, catalog them in, this is for housing, this is for commercial. Right. Use them this, to the best of their ability. Exactly, yeah. open space, right? Um, and fighting climate um, displacement as well would include that we activate these spaces in a healthy way. Another thing that's exciting that's happening is that I took over um, after the late um, brother Chuck, um, Councilor Chuck, 
Turner, and he did a roundtable. As I'm running, um, a couple of people would mention to me, you know, you should, actually one of my predecessors, Counselor uh, Tito Jackson, mentioned, um, um, and uh, someone else had mentioned, you should look at, into this. So immediately I went into organizing all civic leaders, anyone who is a volunteer, who is giving back, or who is uh, engaged in civic associations or neighborhood groups can meet with me. We've been meeting for over a year and a half now, every weekend That's on great. Saturdays. Um, so we've been able to meet with the mayor and create this partnership, this connection, but bringing budget, bringing all of the city services to the neighborhoods, to the people, and creating um, a practical way of actually being integrated into city government is amazing because it allows you to properly navigate, but mm -hmm. create this user-friendly way that everyone can feel like they can access us. Well, you know, the way, the way it's been traditionally or through, through the years, it's you go to City Hall. You need something, you gotta go to City Hall. You gotta get on, on the train. You gotta find some place to park. You gotta walk, you gotta do this. But bringing the government to the people, bringing it into the neighborhood where people can actually come and say, you know, there is something I don't understand that maybe you can help me with, uh, is a great way to strengthen the power that the, that the city has to help their people and to understand the people that, are, that they're serving. About the balance, I think, is, I think the mayor's office has this initiative that's called, um, uh, I guess, bringing, bringing City Hall to the neighborhood. Right, yeah, yeah, the mayor's city neighborhood wall. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, uh, under uh, Department of uh, Neighborhood Services. They, so I believe the balance is really to actually bring, you know, maybe live videos or uh, interviews and conversations with city departments. Mm -hmm. So me going to each department, I'm in, I'm in the process of working on that and saying, hey, what do you do again? And look at the office and how do I reach you and door number what yeah, in yeah. your email and tell me about this process, ISD, Inspectional Services, how does that work? What is that? Um, yeah. But doing both, right? Bringing it in this digital campaign way of accessing people through mm -hmm. social media, but also coming to um, the hood is, is, would be a nice balance. Well, I think it's important because then the people feel involved. Right, and people who feel like City Hall belongs to them. And they care. Right. You know, and I think that sometimes I've, I've run into that in the past where I've gotten from, from some people, oh, they don't, they don't care about me out there. Well, they don't, they don't want to hear from me, they, you know, and, and stuff like that. I'm saying, that's not true, because we'd have, we'd have the farmer's market in Rossi Square, and the mayor would come out, and we'd warn her beforehand, people are going to want to talk to you. you know, that's people an interesting, have questions. That's a very interesting and realistic response um, from people, and justified. Hmm. Historically, Historically right. we feel we know the harms, the racial harms, particularly with um, condensely populated neighborhoods of black and brown people. Um, but even historically, systems take a long time to either dismantle or revitalize um, or rehabilitate. And it is we are plagued with white supremacist um, systems that. Uh, present these bureaucratic red tapes, very hard to, you know, get by. Mm -hmm. But I did, I did what you asked. I did this application, then I called, and I emailed, and still I don't have my permit, or still I don't have that inspection. Right. And so, you know, dispelling some of that, you know, crazy, you know, again, bureaucratic red tapes, it's the technicalities that we want to just demystify and say, look, it's, it's a simple process, and let's redo the, these forms, these, you know, 
<coughs> very <coughs> primitive historic like forms that takes a long time and doesn't really speak to today's zoning codes, for example. Um, let's update them. Let's make them user friendly and also. Um, but just making it in a way that people do feel like they're being heard, and that level of customer service yeah. that um, need, that needs to be changed, the engagement that community is asking for to say, "Well, my vote matters. I voted for you. You responded, and if you didn't, someone else did, right? Um, and you paid attention. I'm seen. I'm heard. I, I matter." Yeah. Is do you think that this process, that this kind of an approach, is going to going to help? Uh, men, some of the, some of our oldest citizens saying to themselves, well, the only reason I'm having such a hard time is because of the color of my skin or because of where I live in Boston. Mm -hmm. uh, is some of this bringing of City Hall to them, the right people, the right processes, and the right help to get whatever they need, whatever permit they're working on. Mm -hmm. Is that a step in the right direction? It sounds like a step in the right direction to me. If, if people are respected, if you respect me, you mm. pay me. So we have to start with making sure that right. um, we're paying people sufficiently to mandate them to live in Boston. That's on the internal, right? So yep. our own city employees need to be paid well enough um, according to standards for cost right. of living. And the other part is that in the step in the right direction, yes, the forms and the customer service, absolutely. But we don't want to be so tokenizing in our approach, in our systems, that we sort of give people the facade or just the treatment, but not the investment. Mm. Um, so I think what's going to change that narrative is when we begin to invest in social determinants of health in a way that actually complements people's um, lifestyle. So improving, improving your um, uh, lifestyle, improving, uh, for example, just mental health facilities, but I can go out and decompress in a jazz club, I can walk down the park and feel the breeze of the trees. Um, your quality of life is important for your mental health, but also in how you are sustaining your housing and your living and healthy foods. And so creating that holistic ecosystem in our communities, I think it's the more long-term investment that people will truly begin, or will actually begin to convince people that um, we care. Yes, and I think that's an important message to get out there, that, that your city does care. And, and the people whose names you see on the ballot every few years, those people care, you know, and, be, and they're putting themselves in a position to help. Um, so thank you for that. I think that that's very important. Um, so this summer. Yes. What are we going to see on the streets of, of, of seven? These, this Ooh, summer, I mean. What kind of things are going to be happening? I, I mean, open streets, um, <clears throat> and obviously we, not obviously, but for some of you who've been following, um, I was actually able to uh, move some funds for from ARPA dollars to get um, invested in uh, our corridor. Mm -hmm. This is the uh, revitalizing business districts or corridors and squares yep. that I spoke with. Um, and I initiated this uh, right in the, initially when I started. Um, and essentially, it's going to look at businesses that need refacing and supports. Main Street supposedly gets uh, supports people with technical assistance in order to do this. But again, the red tapes 
you wait for so long and then you have to be reimbursed and if you don't have that money it doesn't work. Right, right. This would actually beautify our corridors and squares, you know, increasing access, hopefully, you know, marketing and money. Um, and the important thing too is working closely with tourism, Office of Tourism to create um, that connection. As we know, it's like the second driver of revenue. Yeah. And we should probably, um, we should probably be uh, taking advantage of that. So the R Corridor, um, again, a collaboration with Northeastern that actually proves evidence-based looking at the sacking of, from the sacking of Boston to today and urban renewal redlining um, in terms of the harm or the displacement and how we can keep uh, black and brown communities intact um, and fight displacement, um, fight gentrification. Um, and if people are moving in, then they too have to integrate. They too have to, uh, you know, shop at the bodegas. Well, not they have just, a responsibility to be part of the they neighborhood. They have a responsibility to be part of the neighborhood. If you are in silos or in isolation within, you know, the hood, yeah. and you want to live there because you want to be a part of the urban community, but you don't, you want Whole Foods. You don't want you know, I don't know, Jose's bodega in the corner. Right, right, right. You don't want soul food. You don't want to um, invest. Um, then we should hold people accountable, and we should probably encourage folks to do better. Well, there's a lot of other places to live if that's not your thing, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I agree 100%. If this is not where I'm not telling <laughs> people they can't live here. I'm just, I'm just saying... Be comfortable in your surroundings, you know? Be comfortable in your surroundings. Um, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with, like, there's so much fun stuff to do. And once in a while, you'll see people. But the overall message, I mean, feeling that I get or that people tell me about um, are that their neighbors are not talking to them. And we have a certain culture yeah. in urban settings where people talk to yeah. each other. Um, and so I encourage anybody who's watching, like, talk to people shop at the local stores and the mom and, and mom and pop shops go to the the the, the soul food restaurants yeah. and if you're already doing it kudos to you thank you so much for contributing one of the things we did we do out in rosendale is we have open studios oh you know where uh, jan and i got it started many years ago where people can see meet artists in their environment but one of the things that's really been successful is porch fest Yes. Where you put musicians on people's porches and people come out of their houses. Fantastic. And who are you? I live right there. You Love know? it. A little, that kind a little, of thing. A little uh, Paris, a little Italian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Italy. And yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of cool and groovy. We really, really, it's really kind of spread Rosendale out a little bit where, you know, you kind of get to meet new people and have some friends in different parts of the community. I love stuff. it. Yeah. We're symbiotic. We belong together. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we should be working <laughs> forward. I consider, uh, I've been in Boston my whole life, of course, you know, and we're living in a house that goes back generations in our family and, and stuff. So, so it, it, it's being proud of your neighborhood, being proud of your surroundings. It goes a long way to how you treat your surroundings and how you respect yourself. Absolutely. That speaks, but that speaks to when, you know, getting people's buy-in and becoming stakeholders in mm. their neighborhood um, means that you are allowing opportunities for home ownership. Yeah. Uh, off, so a lot of my policies have been around, and I've actually been working with uh, Sheila Dillon in Mayor's Office of Housing and um, brought to her this policy uh, that I filed to create uh, rent-to-own opportunities in oh, Boston. Nice. nice. And she's actually put an, out an RFP. They've done the formula with numbers and figured it out. Um, and so 
I'm very excited. We, we looked into Ohio and Chicago and a couple of other places that did it, um, brought people to present to Sheila. And now we have this opportunity. There's an RFP out currently um, for a developer to take that on. So that's very exciting. And I think, again, speaking to becoming a stakeholder or encouraging people to the opportunity of um, you have a lot of rental. Roxbury holds the majority of um, affordable housing. We hold more than half of you know the city's share. So yeah. it's important that we sort of diversify you know our neighborhood with home ownership as well. Mm -hmm. How do we make it affordable? Of course, is a challenge with the market. Um, and I think the city is doing a tremendous job with um, their home ownership programs. However, investing more in um, ways that we own the property and maybe transferring that or supporting developers to do it. Um, I think it make a huge change. Also working on restricted deeds, right? Like 30 years, and I think they were thinking about extending it. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, we stop it because then that encourages faster gentrification. Yeah, it move, moves more people. It quicker. moves more people. If I can invest and sell this thing and make profit and leave, right? Um, well, people helpful. may do that. It wouldn't be no, helpful. No. So I think um, just doing it in a, in a, in a balanced way and in, in a moderate way that can, one, encourage more homeownership, mm -hmm. but also closing that wealth gap means that we're you know creating generational wealth. Well, home means an awful lot to you. You can tell. I mean, through your foster work and, and, and your, your family and everything, roots are important, aren't they? I mean, it's important to say I'm from Roxbury. It's important to say that I went to this school and so didn't me mom, you know, and stuff like that. That's important, isn't it? Yes, it's extremely important. I was born in Cape Verde, West Africa, as you know. Mm -hmm. And... You can't, so you imagine a ten-year-old. You're traveling from the airport, and you're looking at this, you know, new, very developed country. <laughs> and you're coming from a country that, at the time, for me, the highest building I've seen was like seven stories. Yeah. Um, and plop in the middle of Boston. I can't imagine. And then, right, everything is right. Um, and so you get to Academy Homes, the projects back then, right in '89, and you're thinking, my new home. I finally get to see my mother after six years of not, and you meet, you know, the neighborhood kids, and she's been telling everyone, all the mothers and all the children, wait until you see my daughter. She's <laughs> going to be your friend. She's going to be your sister, yeah. and she's going to be your cousin and your god sister. Um, and you get here, and everybody's already family. Yeah. You know, and here's this little African girl with barefoot running around. I ran out in the snow barefoot. Oh so my. it was, of course, all of the culture shock was is a beautiful experience, but the most precious one that I always remember and hold dear to is the fact that the African-American people and population, not only that they have historically paved the way with their blood, sweat, and tears, mm -hmm. right, that they, that they embrace me and that the African woman every single time supported me. You go to school, it's the African-American woman teacher. Yeah, yeah. You, I work for Barbara Bullett at Roxbury Multi-Service Center, okay. and she mentors me. I get married, my mother-in-law is amazing, Fadila Muhammad with the Sister Clara Muhammad's um, school, you go on to college and your professors are amazing and they all believe in you. And they, and you're, and you, I don't have a green card. Right. I am paying out of pocket and it takes me over a decade to get to college because I have to work, right. come back, work, right. save money, come back. Um, but every single time, it's, it's been, I've been blessed, and um, the experience and the culture and to understanding what it means to live in Roxbury, it's more than just territorial. 
it's the nurturing and the love and the family. Well, you should be proud of what you've done, you know, and I, I think that, you know, it's, it's your story alone is, is inspirational to, to any, any, anybody. Anybody. I don't think it has to be somebody of color. I think any young, I've got grandkids running around the house, you know, that, uh, that in a couple of years, I'll, I may tell them your story because I think it's an important one to pe for people to hear. We've got just a couple of minutes left. I want you, first of all, I want you to know and, under, and recognize that BNN is your home too as a city councilor. Thank you. All you got to do is give me a call. Have e, what's it, Ian, Ian, give me, yes. have Ian call me and say she's coming over. Yeah. The big news. <laughs> just let me know, okay? Um, where do you see Boston in eight to ten years? Ooh, with everything that I've seen, I see a lot of good. I think that Mayor Wu is, I believe that Mayor Wu is doing a lot of great things. I've known her for a long time. She's a great woman. I believe that she has great intentions, which probably makes her a good person. And I'm no one to judge, so I, I try to reserve in, you know, in, what, in how I speak about people, because I want people to be merciful to me, too. <laughs> um, and I think that the opportunities are just moving, or the, the, the developments, the things that she's, are, she's doing are moving very, very fast. It requires her team and people and departments to catch up in terms of community engagement and involvement. Right. Well, you know, she's only given four years. And she's only given four years, um, but what, the, what I'm saying is that some changes are going to be really, really good, but some changes uh, may need to slow down. And I think that um, it's not that she needs to slow down. If the team or if community engagement can't happen fast enough or if, if, if uh, community and, and city hall can't you know, balance each other out and meet in, in the middle and have a conversation and be truly inclusive, then slow it down a bit because there are a lot of people being left out. Yeah. Um, and so, but I, I do believe in the things that she's doing. So far, I feel that they're very practical. The only thing that I think we defer on is the housing piece to condensely or concentrate all of the low affordable housing in Roxbury. I truly believe in low affordable housing. I believe we have to build up, we have to build more, we have to change zoning, we have to keep going. Okay. I don't think it needs the burden of all low threshold housing, of all recidivism programs or uh, whether returning citizens programs or low affordable housing needs to be focused or that we have sh should carry the burden. And Mayor Wu spoke on this where she told the governor, the previous governor, that he needed to share the responsibility and spread out this housing or the low threshold in services. Same, I'm saying the same about District 7, mm -hmm. that Boston needs to share the responsibility mm -hmm. and spread the affordable housing so that we can get more home ownership. Build, definitely build, build commercial, build housing, build for affordable home ownership, and we have to find a way to prioritize so that we can fight displacement and keep local residents in Roxbury, in South End, in Dorchester. On that note, can I invite you back at some point of to course. come and talk? We'll talk more about that. Yes, I want to thank you so much for coming in and, and spending some time. I know we tried a bunch of times, but I was I was lobbing the ball in your court in the middle of the budget hearing. And <laughs> thank you. He's a good guy. Ian kept pushing it back. And <laughs> who, who, who's that? <laughs> Ian was making sure that oh, you Ian. were yeah, making sure you were free. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, so yeah, but yeah. you were so busy with the budget and stuff, and I didn't invite you in here to talk about that, anyways. I want to thank you. Listen, gang, thanks an awful lot for hanging out with us. It's been a great pleasure. 
Um, you know, uh, it, it's a lot of fun to have the city councils come in and not talk about all of these, all of these policies and votes and all of that jazz or what's happening across the across the aisle or what have you. <laughs> But, but to talk about what's great about their communities. Listen, it's been great to sit here and talk with City Councilor Tanya Fernandez-Sanderson. And listen, thanks for being here. Get out and do something artful for yourself. We'll dig you cats later, okay? Bye-bye now. But I got so many